G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, this year is significant because it has many important anniversaries. 120 years since the first Zionist Congress. There's 100 years since the charge of the Light Horse Brigade in Beersheba. 100 years since the Balfour Declaration. 70 years since the UN partition vote. And 50 years since the miraculous Six-Day War and the reunification of Jerusalem. Now, those are just dates that have to do with Israel. Of course, there's also the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Now, there has been a sense of anticipation since the election of Donald Trump last year that the U.S. may lead a number of nations in relocating their embassy from the Israeli city of Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And so a focus on Israel today and with a special mention of a petition from Australian citizens to our Senate in Canberra urging Parliament to take action to move our Australian embassy to uh, to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. Now, the chief petitioner is Keith Buxton. He's the National Director of Bridges for Peace and joining us to talk through the issue. Hello, Keith. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you and to engage with your listeners on this um Intriguing topic, an important one. Uh, Keith, that petition is circulating now. Uh, tell us your inspiration for getting this going. Well, it's been um, in the mix for, for a while, of course. Um, uh, the whole issue of uh, the location of the embassy has to do with the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Uh, and that's an ongoing um, issue, something which, in fact, was raised uh, a while back in Parliament by Senator James Patterson, was uh, keen to see the move of the uh, embassy to Jerusalem. Uh, and in the move of the embassy, giving recognition to Israel's, sorry, Jerusalem's uh, status as um, Israel's eternal and undivided capital, something which has... Uh, Christians, I'm sure, um, around the country and around the world, um, there is great uh, agreement. Now, significant date, the petition will continue to circulate, or elements of the petition that will all come together, uh, on the 11th of November. Uh, what dates are significant that people would look to towards this end of this year uh, when it comes to the petition and also uh, what parliaments and decisions are being made around the world? Yeah, well, of course, the whole issue of the move of the embassy has been um, uh, talked about and initiated even in, uh, this, this year in a number of parliaments, the Czech Republic, uh, Vanuatu, others as well. Um, it's uh, been a, a topical issue, and I think, now ever since uh, Donald Trump became uh, president of the United States. And, of course, uh, the vice president, um, uh, Mike Pence, has just recently uh, declared that the day will come when the president will move the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's not a question of if, it is only when. So there has been this use of the waiver on an ongoing basis every six months since the passing of the Jerusalem Embassy Act uh, in, by Congress back in 1995. But for so-called 
security international, also other national security concerns, it's been, uh, been delayed uh, being implemented. Uh, but of course, uh, we believe the time is right this year, not only because of the many anniversaries that you've mentioned, and particularly uh, because of the anniversary of the charge of the light horse, in a sense, why not Australia as a great friend of uh, of Israel leading the charge in this uh, respect and uh, the end of the year uh, would be a very appropriate time associated with the 100th anniversary of the charge in Beersheba uh, after that then to present the petition to Senate in its last sitting of this year. Uh, let's go back to what you were saying about the US President Donald Trump because we know that in his campaign to become President of the United States one of the things that he was talking about was the idea of moving the US Embassy uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and then of course uh, there were as you say Australian parliamentarians who were saying we ought to move the Australian Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem what is just so important about the positioning of an embassy, which makes such an international statement? Well, I think the simple fact is that uh, any country, uh, it's, it's, in, fact, in effect, its sovereignty is, is denied if you deny that country the right to have its capital in the place where it chooses to have its capital. Every country on earth is permitted to designate which city will be its capital. And, um, well, the founding fathers of the nation of Israel, Israel's greatest king David, regarded Jerusalem as the capital and most important city in the nation. The Jewish people have held Jerusalem to be their capital for 3,000 years. If you deny the right of a nation both to determine its own capital um, and, of course, nations around the world, and also including Australia, you know, the official position is that the status of Jerusalem is dependent upon final status negotiations, and that has all to do with all the negotiations regarding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So that comes into play there. So the bottom line is acknowledging the sovereign right of Israel to be a nation that can define its own capital. Keith, I suspect that listeners to our conversation today might be surprised just how broad the Christian support for Israel is. I mean, you're leading Bridges for Peace in Australia, uh, an ongoing uh, work that you do and uh, bringing publicity to the issues uh, that Bridges for Peace stands for when it comes to Australia and the nation of Israel. Uh, But uh, run through for us, if you can, uh, some of the some of the other organizations that are actually uh, collaborating with you and endeavoring to bring this issue to the fore uh, and, in fact, uh, discussing how Australia's embassy might move to. Who's on your side? Well, let me start by saying that this is not a petition that's been drawn up by any one organization. I just happen to be the principal petitioner. I guess someone has to. I'm happy to do that. I've been involved in that process before. But um, the, the, the petition actually uh, uh, has been drawn up uh, in such a way as to represent Australian citizens. Um, and let me say, by the way, before I go on to answer your question, that we have strong support from the Jewish community. We've approached them. And the Jewish community, uh, the roof bodies of the Jewish community have agreed to pass the petition on to their affiliate organizations to maximize the number of uh, people who might sign the petition, as long as we're Australian citizens. Uh, but in terms of any pro-Israel organizations, um, uh, we're not, uh, and I'm certainly not, heading up the uh, heading this up as it were um, as as, uh, as an individual there's a group of us who have been meeting on a an ongoing basis over the last year representing bridges for peace international christian embassy jerusalem christians for israel there's an organization called um, christian friends of israeli communities 
uh, and and other organizations that will be drawn into this whole process as we send the petition out to our networks and to others who will pass it on through their networks. So we are really believing this to be a sort of a grassroots uh, petition uh, that will uh, basically uh, stir up the, 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 not only the Christian community, but also the Jewish community uh, and the many others who want to join in and believe in the rightness of this, uh, of this move. Uh, to be part of something which is, we believe is a very exciting and, and significant initiative. Uh, Keith, what's Australia's official position on the status of Jerusalem? Uh, is, it, uh, is it any different to what other nations hold at this present time? Is there, is there a major conflict within our own parliament? Yeah, essentially not. Look, there are individuals within parliament, and we know many of them. And in fact, uh, a number of us uh, have ongoing meetings with senators and, and, and members of the House of Representatives. But essentially, the official position of our parliament is that the status of Jerusalem is dependent, as I was saying a little bit earlier, on final status negotiations, which have to do with the resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the um, hoped-for, but I think extraordinarily unlikely, two-state solution of one sort or another uh, that the international community wants to see uh, basically um, uh, putting an end to the conflict in the Middle East in that area. But uh, there's, there's a lot we could talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on those, if we come back to the Bible, and yep. of course we have an Old Testament, we have a New Testament, uh, there are prophecies in the Old Testament uh, written you know, thousands of years ago predicting a future when the world's focus will be on the city of Jerusalem. Yeah. How does all of that biblical prophecy work itself out, or how do we see that unfolding today? Well, I believe the time frame of this of, of many prophecies is really is with us right now, and the one that's most in my mind is Zechariah chapter twelve, where we read uh, that uh, um, that the Lord will make Jerusalem. And just going to Zechariah twelve verse two, will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And in many ways, we could say that uh, there is much opposition against uh, the. Uh, integrity of Jerusalem and its status. But to go on to verse 3, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. And let me say at once, those last few words I see as indicative of uh, and illustrative of the fact that, um, uh, that Jerusalem is, is so maligned uh, amongst the nations in so many ways, it certainly is the capital of Israel. And then we see in verse 9 of that chapter, it shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. What I'm really saying is that we are living in days which are very, very significant. And I believe that uh, Jerusalem, where God said he would place his name and has placed his name, the city of David, the eternal city, the, whatever title, many titles you find in the scripture for Jerusalem. These are really significant days and we're seeing a build up to something incredibly uh, significant in world events. And in fact, the importance of understanding that biblical prophecy uh, really comes down to uh, where Australia might sit in the support of the nation of Israel, because if it is not supportive of the nation of Israel, if we come back to that biblical prophecy, then Australia is on the side of potentially being against the nation of Israel. And of course, uh, uh, the destruction you were talking about is for those who are against 
the nation. Is, is that a fair enough way of assessing that? Well, I, I, that's looking at the at the uh, at the final position, if you like, the final uh, uh, sort of outcome of things. Uh, I need to emphasize to your listeners and, and yourself that really Australia is one of the very few nations which in many ways has expressed very, very strong support of Israel uh, through our uh, political statements. Of course, the visit of um, Benjamin Netanyahu, his first ever visit, um, or the first ever visit of a sitting prime minister from Israel to, uh, to Australia in February, and I was privileged to be at that event in, uh, in Sydney. Uh, it, it was incredibly um, powerfully uh, marked by statements from from uh, from Malcolm Turnbull in terms of support of Israel. Of course, there's been strong support from previous prime ministers, Tony Abbott, uh, John Howard, and others. And there is no doubt that Australia is perceived to be one of the few nations with a very strong support of Israel and the right to exist and its right to uh, be in the land uh, where uh, where, where she exists at the present time. And in fact, our current um, foreign minister, uh, uh, Julie Bishop, was very strong in declaring that she sees no reason uh, why uh, what are called illegal settlements uh, should be illegal in terms of international law. So, uh, And she's a lawyer. She knows what she's talking about. And there's a lot of reason for uh, supporting, I think, Australia's stance in many ways in support of Israel. But there is this key issue of the status of Jerusalem, which is the sort of uh, thing that somehow sticks in the gullet. Mm. Well, uh, let me just mention the timing again, because if the US President Donald Trump chooses not to sign a waiver that delays a relocation of the US embassy to Jerusalem, if he decides to do that on the 1st of December, uh, you would like to see our Australian Parliament ready at the same time to say we're going as well. And the way that people can actually be a part of that and put their signature to it is by signing this petition that we've been talking about. How do people get this petition? Is it something you can download online, Keith? Well, no, look, let me explain the process. We've actually, um, it's a paper petition initially. Um, we had some discussion about the online nature of the petition. Um, and we are going to be meeting again as a group of leaders uh, next month to um, explore the most appropriate way um, if it seems a, uh, the right thing to do, which uh, I think it could be, to put it online. Of course, you get so many online petitions these days through organizations um, uh, that uh, it's very easy just to, um, you know, push a button or something like that, and you say, I'm supportive of that, and off it goes. And I think in some cases there's a bit of doubt, and I've read some reports to that effect, as to how uh, effective having um, online petitions may be, but done the right way and with the strong support and handled in the right way through the Senate, um, uh, we may well uh, be able to really get a large number of signatures. So uh, my suggestion, first of all, is uh, for your listeners to be aware that this is going out uh, through the whole bunch of networks and Christian pro-Israel networks, uh, as well as uh, maybe others it sort of gets, uh, gets onto. Uh, it'll get around, uh, pass it around, download multiple copies, pass it around in your churches. Um, there are procedures that are uh, made very clear uh, on an accompanying covering letter um, that 
that uh, that will be sent out and is sent out, and it's important to follow those procedures very carefully because petitions must be um, completed uh, in, the, in the right way, otherwise they're invalidated, so you have to do it very carefully. So you can download the form from the Bridges for Peace website? No, you, you can't at this stage. You no. can't? It, no. The, one of the reasons is because we're not identifying it at this stage with any of our organisations, so it doesn't become an organisational thing or perceived to be that. So what I'm saying at this present time is it's a paper petition that's getting out uh, right into the community through the various networks, um, through emails and many other ways, but not online. But we're looking uh, at ways in which it might well be uh, placed um, on an appropriate site online in the very near future. Okay, so to get a hold of the document to be the paper petition, uh, people need to be in contact with you at Bridges for Peace. Is that the case? Well, they, they could. Uh, there are different ways in which they, they can contact their own organization if they've got a connection with, um, with uh, ICEJ or CF uh, Christians for Israel or Bridges for Peace and simply say, um, send me a copy of their petition. But, for example, in our next mail-out, um, and I know that's happening through Christians for Israel in their Christians in Israel Today newspaper, um, a whole lot of information is going in there. I've got a fairly long article in there, and um, you, they, you will be sent copies of these things. Okay. All of our, our own supporters, for example, to Bridges for Peace, will get the copies uh, that they can then multiply and send out to all of their contacts. So it's good. it'll have a life of its own, and it's already proving to have a life of its own in these early days. All right. So uh, Bridges for Peace or International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, the Zionist Federation of Australia, Christians, Christians for, for Israel, Israel Australia. Yeah. And uh, so in touch with those organizations to be able to sign that petition. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for taking some time to get that detail straight for us. Keith, Keith Buxton, National Director of Bridges for Peace Australia. Keith, thanks for being with us on 2020. My privilege. Thank you so much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.